0: Welcome back to the Fast Bricks, episode 74, and today we're going to be doing our week seven NBA recap. Uh, These are one of the more fun episodes to record, just more of a dialogue, more conversation. So I want to get started with, uh, as of the time we're recording this, in approximately two minutes, number one team in the East and West, uh, 76ers and Jazz, will face off in Utah. So Aaron, what are your thoughts on that matchup, and what do you predict will be the outcome?
1: Okay, so I have to give my Jazz this win. I hope they're the favorites. They've won 17 of 18, which is just uh, crazy. Uh, it's the best start in Jazz history. Um, their record right now being uh, 21 and six, maybe. I'll, I'll double check that real five. quick. Oh, okay, 22 and five. All right. Um. And they've won seven in a row. I think they won nine in a row, lost one, then went seven in a row. Just unbelievable season. In a normal in a normal season, they would be on pace to win sixty-eight games, which is just just crazy. And and, and to think they were four and four to start. Um, they have just gone on this incredible run. And so, I mean, good teams in that too. It's not like they're just had this easy schedule. They they've just played um great. And I guess uh, the Sixers are first in the East, but they're 18 and nine. I mean, nine losses. Uh, the Suns have nine losses and are fourth or fifth right now. So um, I, I, I'm going to give the Jazz this one. I really hope they can pull it out. They just have so many play styles they can go to. Um, they had a game a couple of days ago against the Hawks, I think, where they were like nine for 45 on threes and were just, able, just able to pull it out with their defense. So I, I, they have so much going on that I'm, I'm going to give the Jazz the dub on this one.
0: Yep, yeah, I agree with that. The line is currently uh the Jazz favored by eight and a half points. I think the seventy-six will cover the spread, but I think the Jazz will get the win. I think it'll be a close game, and hopefully, it uh it should be because it's what the NBA wants. Although it's not on a uh, primetime TV, actually, it's just on the local markets. Uh, I think it's that's kind of a shame. Wish we could all watch it. Um, but it, I hope it's a good game. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert against uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid two very different style of teams, but uh, I think the Jazz will pull it out in a close game, hopefully.
1: Eight and a half is a pretty big spread, but, I mean, you mentioned um, how it's not on national TV. I mean, neither of these teams were expected to be as good as they are. Um, obviously, the, both of these teams have really um, exceeded expectations. I think they were both probably expected to be about five, fifth or sixth in their um, respective conferences.
0: Yep. Um, all right, now we'll do what you normally do is to take a look at the standings. And I guess we'll mention the Cavs because they have lost seven in a row, which I think that shocked you when we mentioned it earlier in some of our other episodes we were filming at the same time. So what are your thoughts on the Cavs' recent struggles?
1: Yeah, I, I was completely aware, unaware that they've lost this many in a row. Um, I guess, I, I, I mean, I honestly haven't been, able, been following this. They've been 1-9 in their last 10. Um, just really unfortunate that they have fallen off this much because they they were doing really well before that I mean if you take away one and nine they would be nine and they were they were nine and eight before this before this one and nine losing streak um, so above 500 and they've just fallen all the way down um, which really sucks for this team that I was hoping would make the playoffs this year
0: yeah a lot of them would have been fun to see that. Um, two teams that have kind of shifted place with the Cavs, I guess, going uh, trending in the right direction are the Raptors and the Heat. So who do you think out of those two teams has a better chance to continue to rise up in the standings?
1: It's the Heat. Um, the Heat were um, down because um, J- they didn't have Jimmy Butler for a while, and they got him back, and I've mentioned it so many times. They've been 8-5 and five with him back um, and 5-5 uh, five and five the last 10. Uh, same with the Raptors. But the Heat just have so much more going for them. They have the star power. They have these um, – all, all the names, all the steps. And the Raptors um, have been able to make it back to eighth in the eighth in the east. But I think they'll make the playoffs. But I, I don't think that they have as good of a chance as the Heat.
0: All right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Heat, the, the Heat have a, a better roster all around, better star power, and uh, better coaching, honestly, even though Eric Spilcher and Nick Nurse are both great coaches but I think the Heat have a better chance. And I think the Heat could win a playoff series, quite honestly. We'll stay in the East with one final question. So as the Hornets, Knicks, and Bulls, what team do you think has the best chance to get in the playoffs without needing the play-in game?
1: I'll take the Hornets, who are the highest right now. Um, And then moving – or I'll talk about them for a second. And uh, just obviously they've – really exceed expectations. I keep saying about that, about all these teams, that same phrase. I mean, this is just a team that no one expected to do as well as they did. And LaMelo Ball, probably a rookie of the year favorite right now. The other one is probably Tyrese Halliburton. Don't know if we'll cover the Kings in this episode, but they've been a really impressive team as well. They've won a bunch of games recently. And uh, so I, I, I think that uh, LaMelo Ball has just been a great, a great player for them. Uh, and this running away with rookie of the year, if we're being honest.
0: Yep, totally agree with that. I will put the Hornets first and the Bulls second. I don't think the Knicks can, can keep this up. I think Zach Levine and Kobe White have both had a pretty good stretch for the Bulls and could uh, could jump the Knicks eventually. and Possibly slide into that top ten, even though right now they're, uh, they're a full game and a half behind the Hornets and the Knicks, which is pretty close because, like you mentioned a few episodes ago, uh, you can win two games in a row and go up four spots or lose two games in a row and go down four spots. So – uh, the East is, is very fluid, teams moving every day, it seems like, um, but I do, I do agree, I think the Hornets have the best chance, even though I'm not sure any of the three teams could get into that spot without uh, the play-in game, so we'll move on to the West now, uh, I guess we will start with the San Antonio Spurs, who are 16-11 and are 7-3 in their last 10, so what are your thoughts on San Antonio?
1: Yeah, so as I've been kind of following the league or listening to other podcasts or shows, I kind of write down my notes occasionally. And um, I, I when I wrote down about the Spurs, I I just re- wrote down irrelevant, but quietly very good. And to be honest, they are irrelevant. Like who would have thought that they're six in the West, um, winning seven of three in their last ten, um. They're, they're just so quietly getting to this position. They're higher than the Nuggets and the Nuggets are not quiet in any way. I mean, um, Jokic is top three in MVP odds with uh, Embiid and LeBron and um, they're, they're doing really well, but the Spurs are just quietly um, moving along. And who knows, they probably will make the playoffs this year if they keep this up.
0: Yep, yeah, The Spurs just got a positive COVID uh, test within their tier one group today, but uh we mentioned this a few episodes ago how the Spurs are kind of two different teams. They go young and rebuilding, and they're a very fun fun brand of basketball to watch. Very uh, quick-paced, Derek White. Uh, they they, uh, they have Derek White, Lonnie Walker, uh, DeJounte Murray. And then there's the other side where they play DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge big-time minutes. And I think just going young actually makes them better and is uh, better equipped for the future, quite honestly. And I think this team can keep it up. Uh, I think they're better than the Grizzlies, better than the Warriors, definitely better than the Kings, Pelicans, Rockets, Thunder, and Timberwolves. So this team should be top nine, top 10 in the West come playoff time.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they obviously had that really long playoff streak with Pavovich, lost it last year actually. Um, But who knows? Maybe they will make it back this year. We'll see if the Grizzlies or Mavericks can kind of bump it up. And even the Kings who have been good recently, but we'll see, we'll see how the West shapes out. Obviously, Uh, Similar to the East is really kind of open in the middle. All
0: right. Was there anything you wanted to focus on uh, in today's episode?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things we can cover. I mean, the first one, not to get too political here, but the whole national uh, anthem drama with the Mavericks, I'm sure we could cover at least what happened, if you want to mention that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the debate could be a whole episode or a whole two episodes, quite honestly, because there's two very, very polarized, two different sides of the debate. And our goal is not to get too political; just focus it more on basketball. So, those of you that don't know what happened, the Mavericks, for the first, I believe, 13 home games or so this season, were not playing the national anthem prior to the part of their home games, and no one really knew about it. Um, and then, I believe Mark Cuban, their owner, made a statement saying that they weren't gonna that they weren't playing it and weren't planning to play it any longer or any in any future home games. The NBA just sent them a memo that, that and it stated that it's against league rules, et cetera, that they had to continue playing it. And that was that, basically. There wasn't much drama within the league itself. But outside of the league, on Twitter, on other social media websites, and with, uh, with conservative and liberal commentators politically, uh, it drew a lot of national news. Um, obviously, people on the conservative side were saying that it was it, not playing the anthem is, is disrespectful to veterans and the flag and the country, et cetera. And people uh, more left-leaning were saying that freedom of speech, uh, it doesn't represent the whole country or everybody, especially the players in the league. So it's a very polarized debate. Obviously, we've seen it such as LeBron James. He's one of the most, uh, most, I guess, polarizing figures or one of the most important figures, you could say, uh, when it comes to politics and sports. So not much actually happened within the league, but it drew a lot of controversy outside the NBA.
1: Yeah, so I mean, obviously the whole thing is that they'd already played it for 15 games and no one even realized. And then I think Tim Cato of the Athletic uh, uh, mentioned, oh, doesn't look like the Mavs are playing the game. And then everyone's like, oh, wait, they aren't playing. And then Mark Cuban says, yeah, we haven't been playing it and we're still not going to play it. And then everyone gets mad. And the NBA, of course, is trying to stay in the middle and not get anybody mad and just says, okay, keep playing it. Um, and so that, that was kind of that. And it's kind of yeah. over um it wasn't,
0: it wasn't as if the nba sided with with one side of the argument they just said the league rules state that you are supposed to play it before the game in every regular season game so we want you to keep playing it's not that they were saying it's disrespectful to not play it here they were just basically saying the rules say you have to play it here so please play it
1: yeah and they're not going to lose any fans by saying oh i mean they, they weren't going to lose any liberal fans by making them play but obviously they could have lost a a little bit more of an audience with um, kind of uh, letting them play without it or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And one more thing I want to cover is the most recent news. Um, Just tonight, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond are sitting out, um, and both of those players are planning on being traded. I I assume we'll get um, the news for both of those players within the next week or even the next couple days Obviously, the last player this happened with was James Harden. He sat out a couple day games and then was traded a couple days later. Obviously, if these teams are uh, randomly sitting these teams, it seems as if a trade um, is happening. I doubt it will be for each other. Um, I can't see Blake Griffin going to the Cavs and Andre Drummond back to the Pistons. But personally, I think Andre Drummond would uh, do well with the Nets as they obviously need a big – I, I personally think that's where he's going to go, and Blake Griffin, and I really have no clue. So I wonder if you have any insight on either of those, as we'll probably be mentioning um, these trades next week.
0: Yeah, the purpose of these guys sitting out is not to, it's to, to ensure they aren't injured, which would then uh, make them ineligible, ineligible to be traded and essentially uh, lower their trade value and trade stock. Uh, I do think Andre Drummond will end up in Brooklyn because we've seen their front office with, uh, I believe, Sean Marks is their GM. He's done a great job in recent years of building a roster there. And uh, Andre Drummond's kind of had a, kind of a bounce-back campaign. Always a guy that uh, put up great numbers, but this year he's kind of done a little bit more, been more in the spotlight. So I think he'd fit well in Brooklyn. And if I'm a GM anywhere, I don't want Blake Griffin because he's got a huge contract still. He hasn't really contributed. Like you mentioned, his game is now becoming a perimeter player, which really is not his strength. So I think he'll end up somewhere, but I think a team could have to part with the first round, could have to, uh, Detroit could have to give a first round pick with with Blake Griffin.
1: Yeah, I assume this is, this has to be the Pistons like trying to unload him because I have no idea who would want Blake Griffin. I was thinking uh, Drummond also could potentially be going to the Raptors as they really do not have a big right now. I think Daniel Tice might be on that team, giving some giving them some rotational minutes, but really Crispy Boucher has been, um, giving them most of that and he's really a power forward if we're being honest only about six nine so uh yeah I mean honestly the Nets are the most likely but really I have no clue what they give up I'm guessing probably be I don't know Landry Shamit and maybe DeAndre Jordan or Jeff Green or something so we'll see what can happen there
0: yep I agree anything else you want to touch on
1: no I think that's good
0: All right, kind of a a, a fun episode to film. I like these a lot more than some of our other ones. So we'll continue to do this on a weekly basis, possibly even twice a week if we have the time to do that. But I think that's all we got for today. So thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.